Likute Siches Chelik Beis for Parshas Bolok, the first Sicha is um, begins on page three hundred and thirty-seven. In this Sicha, the Rebbe will talk about two uh, points. One of them is that, notwithstanding the fact that while we are in Golus, we're in exile, there is uh, seemingly a lack of uh, a vision, of a realization of spirituality and godliness, and we don't see miracles, yet from time to time God shows us and gives us the opportunity and an insight so that we can see that even in the Golus, that even during the time of exile, when things are hidden, yet God is the one that runs the world and He performs for us miracles to show that as far as our Yiddishkeit, our Torah and our mitzvahs is concerned, the Golus is not something that, it can, that can interfere with that. And in the second uh, part of this Sikha, the Rebbe will discuss that um, we have the Bilam and the Amalek, which are uh, all players in uh, trying to interfere with the service of Hashem, the spiritual level of the Bilam who uh, tries to uh, curse the Jewish people and Amalek to try to fight the Jewish people, and the spiritual counterparts as trying to interfere in the Vedas Hashem, in the service of Hashem, and the way to combat them is through the level of Ava Vihira to love of fear, the fear and love of Hashem, as the Rebbe will explain. But first we'll start inside over here in the Parshish Balak in Ais Aleph. On the verse of this week's portion, the Torah portion, uh, this is from the prophecy that Bilam prophesied about the Jewish people. So there is a verse that says, Korah, he kneeled, Shachav, and he lied down. That reference of kneeling and lying down, uh, the verse continues, it's Kari V'chilavi, like a lion, a lioness, Mi Yiki Menu. Who can stand him up? Lavi is actually not a female lion, it's uh, Livia would be a female lion, but a Lavi is a, represents a larger and a more fearsome uh, uh, lion, as we'll see the Rebbe will bring down later on from the Zohar. But in any event, uh, this language over here, that he kneels and he lies like a lion, and like a Lavi, who will raise him? Uh, so that uh, this verse of kneeling and lying down state in Medrash, so it says in the Medrash that Yesh Aimrim, there is those that say, as does gate of Zman von Melech Tzidkiyahu, Ad Melech Hamashiach, that that refers to the time beginning from King Tzidkiyahu until the time of the King Mashiach. 
because during that period of time was demult at that time Bizman Tzidkiyohu at the time of King Tzidkiyohu Hatzich Ongeben there is man von Churban Ungolus the time of destruction and exile has begun and that time actually goes till the time of Mashiach it's Korashochav it's kneeling and lying down so even after the 70 years after the exile has completed after the first exile has been completed and the hidden went up from Babel to Eretz Yisrael during the time of the second temple the second base Amigdosh is doch noch als an Indian von Gottes so yet it still remained an aspect of exile, notwithstanding the fact that they came back to Eretz Yisrael, this entire period, including the second base of Mikdash, is all called still a part of a Korah Shochav. And the reason is, there were five items uh, in the base of Mikdash, in the second base of Mikdash, that were lacking. So that means that the base of Mikdash wasn't complete. Uh, and the reason why the Beis Hamikdash was incomplete, Valdos is noch nit because that is not yet at a complete redemption, and therefore it is all included in the time from that goes from spans from Melech Tzidkiyo till the Melech Hamashiach, including the time of the Beis Sheni. That's also Korashocha. Is if if them's man from Tzidkiyahu ad Melech Hamashiach. So with regards to that period of time in between Tzidkiyahu and the King Mashiach, Zokmen we say Adosis an Indian from Korah Shochav. It's an Indian. It's a matter. It's an aspect in which he kneels and he lies. The idea of lying over here, Shochav of lying here, represents. A, uh, a level of uh, time period that the lion is laying low as the Rebbe brings down that Shochav laid them Pirush from Yashemrim the meaning according to the Yashemrim that we quoted in the Medrash now uh, that this refers to the time from Melech Sitkiyot to Melech HaMashiach so the Tzemach Tzedek writes that the word Shochav is Meloshin Vayishkav Vayirdam. He slid down and he fell asleep, which is basically showing a time of sleeping. Uh, or Al Mishkavi by Leilis, on my place that I sleep during the nighttime, nighttime representing darkness, meaning it represents a time when there is a lack of um, of light or the other verse when it talks about a person getting hurt the verse there is also uses the word mishkov of shochav the root that the person doesn't die from his injury but but he still falls and he lies down so that mishkov over there also shows a level of a person being not well, being sick so in all these three l'shoines it's a mechzedek says which is the meaning of shochav in this verse 
according to the Yeshemrim, was those vice the minion from Golus. This points to the aspect of Golus. So then the Posik says, Kora Shochab, it's a time of kneeling and lying, a difficult time, time of Golus. But yet the verse itself says, Kora Shochav, Kiadri Uchilovi. So the Posik is a Ken Mendoch Mena. One might think, as the Golus is neat, nor even goof, that this exile is not only pertaining to one's body, nor but God forbid, also on the soul, that the soul itself is also in exile. With the matters of Torah, Mitzvahs, and the Farbunda Midanishama, which are tied, connected with the soul. So they too are in Golos. So there is a lack of ability and a lack of and a darkness and an exile with regards to one's performance of Torah Mitzvah. So state Oberin Zalbun Posik in the same Posik, however it states as Agam Take although he's kneeling and he's lying down is thus Ober However, this is nitkein shchiva. It's not a lying, a lying down for nazavos nitkein koyach from someone from such that has no power. Nor, but rather, this is a medida v'hagbola. We're talking about a measure and a limitation. The, me- the measure and the limitation of sleeping, lying down, is funaza is from such. Was not er alein is zich moided, which is only in himself. He's compared to the line who limits, measures himself. Magbilu mitzamzem, he limits and contracts. So it's shachav karuchalovi who the line himself lies himself down. Magbilu mitzamzem, vorem esis kari v'chalovi. He is still like a lion and like the lavi. The strong lion. Vos ari, because a lion is mitatoikif. A lion is with force. Un lavi, the word lavi, is nochmer betoikif, is even with more force. We are zokt in zoyer, as the zoyer states, as lavi is bitekifo yatir, is with more force than the lion. The expression of a lavi is more fearsome and more strength than the lion. So while the Torah is describing Korashochav, a time of exile, it specifically states Kiari Vichlovi Miikimenu. So it's still a level of an Ari and a Lavi who is lying down. What does this mean? Does haste. This means a in their side from Korashochav even during the period when you're kneeling and when you're lying down. Haste neat this does not mean as chaz visholing that God forbid Yad Shalita al Yisrael, the hand of the nations of the world can dominate over Israel. You Jews are always like the Ari, like the Lion, and like the Lavi. As is Mernit, it is only was me Yikimenu. Me, me is normally translated who will raise him. 
But this who, this me, is also a reference, as the Rebbe will bring down, to Hashem who is called the me. So in this case, it's not translated in this interpretation, who will stand them up, but rather me, Yikimenu, the Hashem who's called me, he will raise the Ari and the Lavi. Al-Derech Inyan, similar to we have the aspect of Fun Mi Gilai Lebonai Rozeh who, over there it also says, who revealed to my children this secret which it says that the angels uh, use um, the uh, different uh, prayers. So over there, the language of me, meaning, what does it mean over there? That the me revealed to his children, to my children, Rose. What does it mean, the level of me, when we call Hashem, and we say that the me, he revealed to his children, but does his farbundun meet them? This is tied in and connected to with the miyitein v'hoye levavam zelahem liyidoisi. So the word miyitein means, on the simple level, who will give that this heart of theirs will be to fear me, uh, the experience that the Jews had by Matan Torah to fear him. But the uh, translation over here is the me, the level of me will give so that their heart will always fear Hashem. Was does gate of the Mavishton that goes on Hashem? So we all have this language of the words me gilalabanarazel, me tenvailavamzel, that this refers to Hashem. Gate of Mavishton. Azoy is oich der pirush. So also the interpretation when it says uchilavi me yikimenu as der me. This is Hainu Akodesh Baruch Hu, which is a reference to Hashem. Yikimenu Hashem will raise him. He will take us out of exile. As the verse states, So again, so the me, normally translated simply as, who will give from Zion the salvation of Israel, but he says, meaning Hashem will give So basically what he's saying is that the Ari and the Lovi are not just uh, there under the Goyim, but it's the me who needs to raise them, who will eventually raise them out. So what happens when Biz that side for me, Yikimeno, until the time when he will raise them, when Hashem will raise them? So that still does not, is not called, we cannot call this a true dominance that the nations dominate, God forbid. Because he still remains a lion and a lovey. Is So no one is a uh, ruler. Nobody is in charge. Tell a yid uh, what he can do. Similar as the ruling in the Shulchan Aruch. As if an arivi lovey that uh, on a, a lion and the love he no one has dominance over it. You can't dominate them. to the extent that there is a question, whether you can train them through getting them used to living within a 
uh, trained environment. But uh, nobody, so generally we say that you cannot uh, dominate them. So the fact that the Yidin are still called an Ariva Lavi, even during the time was Korashokhav, that means that really, in essence, they still remain the Ari and the Lavi. So in that case, how come we are in Golus? How come we uh, do see that we uh, don't have the freedom in uh, determining our destiny all the time when we are under the nations of the world? The Rebbe explains that the Ganser Golus, the entire exile, has really no sense, doesn't make any sense logically. This is something which is forced by the mouth of Hashem, Hashem's words that this should take place. As That the lion and the lavi should be kneeling and lying down. So, since this is all not a natural phenomenon, that the Goyim really have dominance, but it's only the Miyikimenu, until the time that Miyikimenu, it's onus al-piyadibur, that we should be in a situation of Koravishachav, the kneeling is the Bemele Fashtandik. So therefore, it's understood, as to Toido Mitzvah, that as far as the observance the study of Torah and the keeping of the mitzvahs, which Hashem spoke all these things. So the entire exile has no connection with it, and the exile does not apply to the spiritual observance of Torah and mitzvahs. So basically what the Rebbe says here, that the exile is not a natural phenomenon, and therefore it cannot extend to more than the physical and the outer parts of the Jew, but it cannot extend to the Torah of Mitzvahs, because that is the word of Hashem, and the Golos itself comes from Hashem, it is Hashem's uh, desire to such, and therefore it cannot affect it. In the second Ois base, uh, the Rebbe will explain, but yet, uh, sometimes because we're in exile, it may appear to us that we are not in control of our Torah mitzvahs, and therefore, occasionally, uh, there's always miracles, but sometimes God shows us an open miracles in order to break through and to give us that realization that uh, Hashem is really in control and that the Golus is only an outer layer and in reality, Hashem is still in charge. Because of what we get used to, however, one gets used to in them golus, to the exile. The miracle signs, we don't see any signs, as the verse states. The emphasis here, Rebbe says, is that we don't see the miracle. It doesn't mean that miracles don't happen. There are miracles also today. Not as his later inu, we don't see them. Which means, The person who has a miracle happen to him does not recognize the miracle. But because there is no recognition of miracle, is mitzad the mechoyshecha golus because of the darkness of the exile? Ken zechoyz duchten? 
it can seem like, it can be imagined as Olam Kimin that the world is running as it is tradition, as its own custom. Which means that the Olam is Meloshin Helem Vehestet. The world is from the language that it blocks and it hides. As that Olam is a Balabai, so one can imagine and make a mistake that the world is in control over the Arin Lavi. The far weisman from side to side. Therefore, from time to time, Hashem shows Milmaila from above Nisim Giluyim also revealed miracles. Also in the time of Golos. And the Rebbe says in the parentheses was the Nisim Giluyim. One of these revealed miracles, Ukloliyim, and general miracles in Unzer Doir in our generation. Is given their nace was the miracle from Yud Beis with Yud Gimel Tamos from the 12th and 13th of Tamos. For does their month that reminds us as Oir Bizman Hagolus that also in the time of exile is Ein Oid Melvadi, there's nothing besides Hashem. Everything is only, only, only Hashem. But does is the Toichen, this is also the uh, idea of the Maimer Azal, of the saying of our sages. That in the beginning, God had a thought to create the world with the measure of judgment. When he saw that the world could not exist, he combined and he added to it also the measure of mercy. So the Alter Rebbe says in the section of Tanya, uh, called Shara Yichud, as those gate that this refers of them Giluya Lekus, the revelation of godliness, of the Tzadikim through the Tzadikim and the signs and the miracles that take place in the Torah, that is the Midas Arachamim that breaks through that uh, level of of the creating of the world just with the level of judgment. The Moifsim, these miracles, they break through the measure and the limitations of the world. As that also with our eyes, a flesh of flesh, meaning obvious to us, not only intellectual and a spiritual and a soul level, but we can actually vividly see with our own eyes as the Birah HaDamanik, that this palace, that this world has a leader. Denken Dikdos, once a person remembers this, Vesmen Bimele, so then you know, as Eden Zainan Alamol and Arivilovi, the Jews are all the time Arivilovi. That as far as one soul on Torah mitzvahs and his Torah mitzvahs is menit untergeworfen we are not dictated and we're not underneath the dominance of the exile. Remembering and seeing that those miracles that come through from time to time uh, give us the midas harachamim, give us that mercy to break through that we can get the courage from that, that even when we don't see this openly, we know that Hashem is in control. And as far as our Torah mitzvahs, we have the ability to do 
as we need to without the interference from Golos. The Rebbe is going to go now over to another subject uh, talking about the fact that we have Bilom in this week's Parsha and to bring out that Bilom has also, which was an enemy of the Jews trying to curse them eventually being forced to bless them and uh, to point out the connection between Bilom and Amalek uh, they both uh, claimed that they have a connection to the Jewish people Amalek a descendant from the Jewish people because Amalek was a grandson of Esau and Bilom, the Rebbe is going to quote, is also a descendant from Lovan, from the Gemara and Sanhedrin and therefore they claim that they have a connection to the Jewish people and therefore they have a say and that's what we got to be careful on the spiritual level not to be influenced or have them give us a say and the way to protect ourselves is through the year and Ava as we'll see inside, through the fear and love of Hashem as stated in Svarim, there is uh, written, brought down in Svarim that as Bilam Hotashaiches mit Amolikin, that Bilam is connected to Amolikin, Veremes. And there's a hint to this, a very interesting hint. When you write the words Bilam, Unamolik, and the name Amolik, each one of them has four letters, right? In Svei Shuris. If you write them in two lines, on the top line, Oymen Bilom, on the top line you write the word Bilom, Beis Lamed Ayin Mem, and underneath, directly, under the four letters of Bilom, you write the word Amalek, right underneath the words of Bilom. Is the Rechta Halbe from the Tzvei Shuris, so the right half of the two lines, so if you should split it, you know, after two letters, and you would read the Beis Mitn Lamed, you read the two letters of base Lamed from the Ebesh Teshudas uh, from the top line, and then instead of going to the third letter on the same line, you go to the bottom line on the Ayimitn Mem from the Untesh Teshudas, and then you go to the lower level, as if it's split over there, so you have Vetzchleinam Bilam. Then you read out the word Bilam. On the Linke Halbe from the Tzvei Shudas, and when you look at the second half, the other side, left side of the two lines, so you have the ayin mitnamem from the word bilam, from their ayvishteshur, from the upper shura, and the lamed mitnkuf from their untishteshur, and you read it in the lamed kuf from the bottom line, that's chlein and amolik, that you got amolik over there. So you see that amolik and bilam are connected because they both together can spell out both names. Bilam will spell out to, to, by combining the two right letters of the word Beis Lamed from Bilam and the Ayin Mef Amalek and the same thing Amalek will be, come from the letters, second part of the letters, left side the Ayin and the Mem and then the Lamed of the Kuf Amalek so that means that they're connected so now we have Amalek and Bilam so now the question is Amalek and Bilam represent Klippa represent uh, the other side who tries to infiltrate and to uh, do harm spiritually to a Jew so we have to get rid of them so how do we get rid of the Bilam 
and Amalek. The Eitzah of Potter to learn from Klippas Bilam and Amalek, the advice to get rid of the Klippa of Bilam and Amalek is Avaviyira, is love and fear. Because we find a similar way, but Avaviyira is Oich Bedugma Kazeh. The love and fear is also similar to this. Beshas men shreit in ein shura. When you write on one line, you write the word ahav, love. That's going to be on the bottom line, as we'll see in a second. Un in the tzveiter shura, but in another line, you write the word yira. Right on top of it, oibun yira on top, you write the word yira. Un untun ave and the below ave. And then again, you do the same thing as we did with Bilam and Amalek. You split it right down the middle. So is the rechta halbe from the tzvei shura is to the right half of the two lines vetzich leinen yira. It was still a yud rage from the top and from the ayin hey from the word ave. On the linka halbe and the left half of the lines from the tzvei shura vetzich leinen ave. You're gonna read it ave. So we also see that the Yid and Av are connected and they're combined in a similar way as Amalek and Bilam are connected. So we see the way to combat the combination of Bilam and Amalek that are combined, they spell out together, both intertwined. Yid and Av are also intertwined in a similar way and they combat the Bilam and Amalek. What does this all mean? The beer in them is, the explanation of this is, the reason why a Molik was had the ability to wage war against the Jews is because his lineage he came from Bimela. Because he came from Aesim, a Molik was the son of Eliphaz, who was the oldest son of Aesim. He was the son of the concubine woman Timna. It was a Pilegish to Eliphaz, and therefore he, he, Amalek was the grandson of Esau. So therefore, Amalek argued, as Oich Er is Yitzchak Sanurenikum. Since he's Esau's grandson, and Esau was Yitzchak's son, so he argues that he's a great grandson of Yitzchak, Un Avram's and Ur Urenikum, a great great grandson of Avram. And because he had that lineage, the therefore he felt he has a right to give an opinion in Inyonim from Torah and Kedusha, matters of Torah and Kedusha. The, uh, the problem, the, what we're representing over here is that the idea of Amalek is when a person argues that uh, they have a right to voice an opinion about Judaism, about Yiddishkeit, how we should do things based on the fact that they come from great lineage. So what happened? We'll see the Rebbe is going to talk about it a little further. Unven menotim abisla lost. When you uh, allowed him a little bit, is givodim barkant. Then it became known that Inyan, the idea knowing his master and still intending to rebel against him. <coughs> what the Rebbe is referring to over here in the Sicha is because in the Zoyar it states uh, the Rebbe uh, points to the Zoyar 
it says that after uh, the uh, Yidin were sort of saying Hayesh Hashem Bikirbenu Im Ayin the uh, when after the Yidin were questioning about the water and Lama Lisunu and uh, so the Pasik says over there uh, they called the place Masu Meriva because the Yidin argued this is a Shmois Perikudalad and it says Ayesh Hashem Bikirbeinu Im Oyin and immediately following it says Vayovaya Molek Vayilochem Im Yisrael Birfidim so as soon as the Yidin questioned whether it's Ayesh Hashem Bikirbeinu all in the question so what comes afterwards comes right away is Amolek now Amolek war, so the Yidin just allowed him a little bit by having a question but once you have a little question it follows by what? by Vayove Amalek a full-fledged war because Amalek is represents Yedeyas Rebbeinah Mekaven Limroid Boy which um, the Rebbe brings from Parshas uh, uh, from Teres Koenim in the Parshas Bechukhoisai in the uh, Posik Yudalid over there in Perek Chavav, it says Lesishmuli, and uh, Rashi brings down over there, it's also from the Torah's Kohanim, uh, that it's Makiras Rebbeinim is Kavan Limrit Boy. That is the, um, I guess, the worst possible rebellion that you can do is knowing Hashem and rebelling it. Uh, Against it, so basically the Rebbe ties Rebbe Nahari also says to look into this further. But it seems like uh, what the Rebbe is saying here is when you allow a little bit, then eventually it grows into a full-fledged uh, challenge to Hashem that a molek that you allow a little bit. That he went to wage of complete war against the, metaphorically the physical war is the spiritual war on the mind of the person of allowing a little bit questions and then eventually uh, totally uh, going against so this is with Amalek similar also is with Bilam the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara Sanhedrin states, "Azer stamt von Lovenen," that he is a descendant of Lovon. So, Lovon, Lovon had getained. Lovon argued uh, when he was chasing Yaakov, and caught up with him as Yaakov was leaving, uh, left escape from him. So, that time when Lovon caught up with him, Lovon had getained. So Lovon argued, he says, that the daughters uh, that you have, uh, those are my daughters, um, or the, the, the women, the, the, the wives, or the daughters, and also the sons, the children, they're my sons. Everything that you see, the fortune, all the cattle, and everything that, Yaakov acquired love and laid claim to them. He said they belong to me. Basically, what this represents in this context, he says he's also connected to Jews. Because it is 
his daughters, it was of his daughters, the Jewish household was built because it was uh, Rachel and Leah and Bil and Zilpah that gave birth to the twelve to the twelve tribes. So Lavan's argument, and this is Bilam, a descendant of Lavan, that he has also a say. So what does this mean for us? And thus is an unvising in Yad and This is an instruction in every generation. One who comes and says the opposite that than the Torah mitzvahs. So then, he may even bring a tuda. Rabbi says in English a certificate. As er is Yitzchok's ur enikol that he is a grandson of Yitzchok. Un Avram's ur ur enikol and a great great grandson of Avram. He has a certificate to prove that. Un as fun im stammen and that from him come the from velchenas of tzchoyz gibud kol beis Yisrael. Those who the entire Jewish household has built on. It's a reference to Lavan because it was his daughter, his contribution. That brought about the Jewish people. So therefore, he argues that he has a right, he has a say. Zaktmanim, we tell him, we don't have but our Father in heaven. The only test, what is the litmus test on any matter, is Torah, is the Torah. By us, we don't rule whether it's yichus, whether it's lineage, or the repas anish, or anything else. The only uh, the way to uh, verify is Torah, is the Torah. Torah is good. If it fits with the instruction of Torah, then it's okay, good. If it doesn't fit, kenes zayin bilam, it may be bilam, kenes zayin amolik, it may be amolik. Vibalda dos is heipecha Torah, since this is opposite of Torah, hotes mitunz kishayiches nit, it has no connection with us. Kedai, so therefore, amolik bilam doesn't matter. But kedai over kenen mamchizayin, in order so that we can distinguish, tzidos is alpi Torah, whether this is according to Torah. If the approach is with one own uh, arrogance, with was one was with one's own ego, then you cannot really uh, distinguish or figure out. Why he does not want to accept the other one's instruction. Whether it is because the other one's instruction is against the Torah. Or perhaps this is because it opposes, it is opposite from his existence, from his ego, and from his existence. Therefore, and therefore, so how do we know why you don't like the other one's ruling? Whether it is something selfish, something your ego, or it is because it goes against Torah. That's why there needs to be the service of fear and love. And first, foremost, the first thing is First the service of fear, and afterwards love. 
as the way that reading, as we said before, when you read them both together, first comes Yira, and then underneath the line of Ava. First comes the line of Yira, the word of the Nochava. And we are talking in Tanya, as he states in Tanya, is Reishis Avaidavikra Vishorsha. As Yira is Reishis Avaidavikra Vishorsha. That's Yira, the fear of Hashem, Yira Shemayim, that's the beginning of the service, and that's the main, that's the root. Bashas men geitsu midarachon of Yira. So when you approach this with the preparation of Avav Yira, and, uh, you know, to make a distinction, to figure out what the, what the ruling is, what the person, uh, what the instruction is coming from. Ava is the root for all positive mitzvahs, and Yira and the fear is the mitzvahs of all the prohibition. in Chinuch Koton from Tanya, as he says in the chapter called Chinuch Koton in the Tanya, the section called Chinuch Koton in Tanya. When he's done with Moisif, and he adds, as, as he's doing them, their Inyan Hachinuch. That there is in this uh, idea, the idea of education, this haste, as Afilaber is Nochnit Kimbardeya, even if he's not yet a level that he can understand, and each person knows himself the level that he can really understand. Uh, and yet, to educate a person, meaning that even if he doesn't understand, nevertheless, he can be educated with love and fear, even though he doesn't understand yet, fully. That's the idea of Chinuch. And that's the Avaviyira that needs to be uh, permeated, the person, in order to be able to make the right decisions. So when he has the Damod Hotanit was Nispolsuven, he has no reason to become affected from Amolikin, from Amolik, Vashtamt, from Avram Yitzchok, who takes his lineage from Avram Yitzchok, Oichnit from Bilomen, also not from Bilom, Chotchas be Yisrael, Loikom, even though Bilom was a prophet, and we say that, okay, the uh, that in Israel there was no such a prophet, uh, but uh, when we say that, uh, like by Moshe Rabbeinu, that there was no such a prophet like like Moshe, like Moshe by Yidden, but it says, Abu Musaylum come. But nations of the world, they did get such a great prophet equivalent to Moshe by the Yidden, Lahavdul, Omano Bilam, and that's Bilam. So, how could we not get affected? No, we don't have to be affected even by a bilom. Was moshul. Was there sifri git? Even after the example that the sifri git. What the Rebbe means over here is that in the sifri, although he equates the greatness of the nevu of bilom, um, and he still makes the distinctions over there between Moshe and, and bilom. And he gives that Bilam was like the butcher who knows the details of what the king spends and not spends. So even though he is not, he's only a butcher, 
but yet, because of the his business, he would have uh, some familiarities with the expenses of the kings more than even the one who's a higher officer uh, who doesn't know all the king's business because he doesn't deal with that. But the Rebbe is saying that even after the Sifri gives his example, uh, so there is still some sort of a comparison of Bilom's Nevoa to uh, Moshe's Nevoa because we're saying Abu Musaylum Kam and that means that Bilom should be something to reckon with but the Rebbe is saying no even a simple among simple people of Israel if he goes with the order first of awe of Hashem and then love of Hashem he has no reason to be afraid or excited and be affected from Bilamen Unamolikun and to be afraid of these people. So basically what the Rebbe said in these pieces over here is that uh, there is the Bilam and the Amolik, uh, who lay claim uh, with various claims that they have rights. Uh, and the spiritual meaning is that they want to have a say in how we should, uh, Jews should run their lives. But if it's not based according to the Torah, it doesn't matter uh, their lineage, it doesn't matter the credits that they deserve. But you can only go by what the halacha says for one to do. And notwithstanding the fact that Bilam was a prophet and uh, uh, Molech gets uh, as lineage, uh, if we have Yir and Ava, that helps us distinguish to know what's coming from the right side, from the positive side, and we have nothing to be afraid of. And we stand strong with the Yiras Hashem and the Ava Hashem that we have. This is Mesichas Yud Beis Tammuz Tovshin Tazayin.